Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to go, if you will, to the book of John, chapter number 5. The Gospel according to John, chapter number 5. Let's stand, if you will, for the reading of God's Word tonight. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1. When you found it, say praise the Lord. Notice how it reads tonight. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. If you would tonight, stretch your hand toward this pulpit. Let's pray and ask God for his anointing on his word tonight. Father. And I know tonight, God, that without you, I am nothing. We're asking you tonight, Lord, to pour out your spirit upon this thy people. We know tonight, God, that you are a miracle worker. And I know, God, that tonight there's people under the sound of my voice that need a miracle. And God, tonight we stand on the word of God knowing, Lord, that everything around us may fall, but your word shall stand forever. I need you tonight. Help me, I pray. Touch this people. Have your divine way, Lord, and we'll praise you, and we'll give you the glory, for it's in Jesus' wonderful name we do pray. And would everybody shout amen. You may be seated tonight while you're sitting down. Would you look over to your neighbor and ask them this question? Did you come to get it tonight? Did you come to get it tonight? Amen. You know, as I was making ready for the service tonight, I was praying and trying to get my thoughts together, and my mind was going a hundred different directions. 
And I felt like the Lord gave me exactly what we're going to do tomorrow night. But what about tonight? Say amen. I want to preach to you tonight, if the Lord would help me on this thought, in the vicinity of a miracle. You see, the word a miracle is that that goes beyond the natural ability of man. When God works a miracle, it's unmistakable Him. And the word tonight, vicinity, means the state of being near or close or by the nearness or in the proximity or what we call down south in the neighborhood of a miracle. Amen. How many times that we come to church and we see people that live the life that's in the vicinity of a miracle and never receive what they need from God Almighty. Amen. I mean, right at the verge of it. I prayed just about all day today. I said, God, for the benefit of unbelief, what we need tonight in the church is to see a divine move and an outpouring of God's presence. You know, I remember when I was, I first started my uh, uh, Christian workers or exhorters license in, there was a word in that a study that I come across and I latched on to it. That word was a theophany. And I asked my wife, day in, do you know what a theophany is? Now I know Brother Jonathan's been through his. I'm going to get over here. That word theophany, does anybody know? Okay, wait. The word theophany means a visible manifestation of the presence of God. You know, it's not like, you know, somebody laying their hand on you and you've got a backache or a toe ache. But when God works a miracle, you know it's him. So many times, oh, I feel like preaching tonight. So many times in the church world, we are in the vicinity. We're at the nearness of a miracle of God. But no man can work a miracle outside God laying his hand on the problem. We need tonight a theophany in the church. You know how our churches would, would, would be filled to an overflow tonight? You let a blind man walk in the doors and God heal him. You let a crippled man walk in and walk out carrying his crutches. You see, I've read of those revivals of yesterday. Men like Jack Cole, Billy Sunday, men that believed God. Amen. All Roberts, if you will. But they knew what it took to get a hold of God. I feel like tonight in the church world, there's people that live in this life. We've allowed hindrances to get in our way. Things that stop us from receiving from God. One of the biggest hindrances today is the lack of trust and the lack of relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're always looking for somebody else to put us in the water. Well, we saw it evident in our scripture text tonight. He started making excuses. Blah, blah, blah. Why haven't you got up and walked? 
I believe at this era of time, they got their eyes more on the angel troubling the waters than they did Jesus healing them. So this is where we are tonight in the church of this age. We've got our eyes, it seems like, on everything else. Now there's hindrances all over the place. We've got to learn to get beyond them. In our story today, Jesus tells a story of a man that had an infirmity for 38 years. Having suffered for 38 years, this man experienced prolonged disappointment. Listen to me. If we'll learn to hold on to God and you'll accept God's word and take it at face value and say, God, your word said that healing was a children's bread. Come on, say amen to me. I guarantee you, and get your eyes off the hindrances. I believe there's a lot of things in our lives that we need to close the door on in order to see God move in our lives. Say amen. <laughs> I almost preached on 38 years and 15 seconds. Isn't it something? What a 15-second conversation with Jesus to do. Come on, kids. And tonight, no sooner than church got started, somebody approached me and said, Listen, I want to call for the elders of the church to anoint me with oil tonight and the prayer of faith. Come on, say amen to me. I just wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight believes that God can perform a miracle right here at Evangel Assembly of God. Can I tell you, you're in the vicinity. You're in the right place to get your needs met. better get all this out. My wife will be here tomorrow. I'll be preaching like Dr. Doolittle tomorrow. See? No, I'm kidding. If God doesn't change my mind, tomorrow we'll be preaching on it's too precious to lose. God have mercy. I'm telling you, I believe We've got to get the hindrances out of the way, folks. This man shows us a perfect picture of the church and the world today who day after day, week after week, revival after revival, camp meeting after camp meeting in the presence of God, but never receiving what we need from God Almighty. Say amen to me. This man was laid daily at the pool of Bethsaida, which is Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem represents the church, and the church people began to look at other things beside God. We cannot afford tonight to look to denomination. Say amen. We've got to look to God, who is the author and the finisher of our faith tonight. Raise your hands and give God a praise in this house. I believe some of our young children need to see a miracle. You know, there's some churches down south. You know, they're trying to build churches with magic shows. Used to have clowns. Now they're scared of clowns. Say amen. I mean, 
Who'd ever thought we'd live to see the day that whenever you see a clown with a white made up face and a painted on red smiley face would make us scared. I've had grown folks tell me lately, man, I don't want to even see a clown. Said if I go to Walmart and see a clown mask, I'm going back home. Say amen. I can tell you over in Geneva, Alabama, there's a friend of mine that's a police. He said, let me tell you something, Jarman. He said, I see them out there and they're acting crazy. Clown or frown, he said, they're going to jail. Come on, kid. In the house of God tonight. You know, I told somebody, I said, you're in the right place to fall apart when you come to church because it's in the house of God that you can get picked back up. Come on here. Say amen to me. I don't care how long you've suffered. Tonight may be your night. And I told that gentleman, I said, I want you to know before we leave the house of God tonight, we are going to anoint him with oil. And I'm going to believe God when he leaves here that God's going to straighten him up and God's going to heal his back. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine, what well, months now, went to the doctor, had a procedure done on his throat, and they nicked his vocal cords. The doctor, all he did was apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. Signed that piece of paper, signed it away. And he was taught you couldn't hardly understand it. I didn't know it. His wife didn't know it. He didn't know it. He said, but God, I guess, want to do a miracle to show people that he's still God. Say amen. They're in church, a Wednesday night service. Run about 60 or 65 people in that church. And they're up in the front, you know, seeking God. And a little girl walks over, lays her hand on Dayton Holland's throat, and said, God, would you give Brother Dayton a miracle? He didn't jump, didn't kick, didn't feel that electricity. But he said on his way home, he's talking to his wife and said, God gave me a miracle. He said, listen, Deanna, my voice is normal again. Somebody ought to shout amen tonight. In the vicinity of a miracle. Listen. My oldest daughter be here tomorrow night. If you ain't never seen a miracle, you'll see one tomorrow. Doctor told us 2002 said she'll never walk. Said she'll never talk and there's a possibility she's going to be blind. Brother Jerry, I never will forget that day. June the 30th of 2002, I was rushed to Shan's Hospital. They life-flighted my daughter there, walked into a trauma unit. My God, I'm telling you, the saddest and the hardest day of my life. That doctor walks in. He began to tell me what all he'd done. He said, we put the intracranial pressure of the point in her brain, the appliance to measure the the intracranial pressure of her brain. He said, if it doesn't work, if it goes too high, 
we'll have to take the top of her skull off to release the pressure. I said, sir, you ain't got to worry about that. For the God that I serve, he is able tonight to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we're able to ask or even think tonight. He began to tell us what was going on. I'm looking at him. Man, I'm, I'm torn apart. My wife's in the floor crying. And I looked at him. I said, Doc, now listen to me. You've given me the diagnosis, but what about the prognosis? Have you ever had anybody with this kind of an injury make a comeback? He looked at me, looked at my wife, and said, no, sir, not a one. You know, Brother Jonathan, I could have fell on the floor and started crying. But I stepped back and I looked at that doctor and I said, sir, you get ready for your first one. She's coming back. Say amen to me, somebody. Oh, I can tell you tonight, I don't know how long you've been carrying it. I don't know how long it's been bothering you. Hold on to God. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Somebody raise your hands and give God a praise in this house. Hallelujah. In the vicinity of a miracle. We are serving a miracle working God. If there's anything we need tonight, we don't need silver-tongued orators to grace our pulpits. We don't need great pulpiteers, but we need men of God and ladies of God that know how to get in touch with heaven. Say amen to me. This man's laid at that gate every day. He's there representing the church. Amen. What it looks like. What's it going to be like? And God brings us hope tonight. He brings us help and healing. You know, I was talking to a pastor before service. He said, a lot of folks are sick. Yeah, and I thought, man, how in the world could that be? Right here during revival. You know, that's the way the devil does things. Say amen. That's the way he works. But I want to say thank God for all of you that are here tonight. I believe that the hand of God is not short. His ear is not heavy. He wants to reach down tonight and evangelize him of God and give you what you need. You've been seeking God. You've been talking to God. Hold on to him. 38 years. Not being healed while repeatedly looking in expectation. But notice what happens. Finally, his healing came. Wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody in this room left this church tonight with a miracle? I know there's some folks that don't want it. They'd rather draw discipline. Amen. <laughs> They'd rather draw disability than God to heal them. I didn't say there's somebody here. You could have shouted right there. I didn't say there's somebody here like that tonight, did I? Say amen. They say. We really want God to move. But Brother Langford, there's a price to be paid. 
among the church. This isn't like cows jumping over the moon, something that we've heard about, something that we've read about, but I can tell you this is reality. When you get a hold of God, God's going to answer. God will answer your prayer. My God, could you imagine? 38 years, he's got an infirmity. It bothers him every day. They take him to the gate, set him there. He goes. They put him beside that pool, and he's waiting for a certain season for the angel of the Lord to come down and trouble the waters. He said, I get up and I start to get in. And I have nobody to help me. And somebody always keeps me in the dark. So what do you do? We can't give up, folks. I said, we can't give up. What I do know is If I don't misinterpret the scriptures, and I don't believe I do, when we cry out to God, tears are dripping off of our face. They're bottled up in heaven. You hear me? We don't know when. But one day he'll pull the stopper out of that bottle of tears and say, all right, Ronnie, you deserve this. And now I'm going to shower blessings. Oh, come on, somebody. All you got to do is be persistent tonight. Don't get discouraged. Hold on to God. Believe God to answer your prayer when you pray. Get your mind set. Now listen, God didn't heal my daughter overnight. It was a gradual thing. But I know what his word says. I know exactly what he says. And I got me a scripture and I stood on it. I said, God, you said heaven and earth would pass away, but your word is going to stand forever get you a scripture verse and you stand on it. My brother told me tonight, he said, I want the elders of the church to anoint me with oil. And I looked at him. I said, I believe he believes that. And I said, tonight before the lights are turned out, we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe God. Did you know? I believe tonight there's more than one in the house of God that need my God. Oh, I feel his presence right here tonight. You say, I'm reaching out, German. I'm trying to find God. Hold on to him. Latch on to God and watch God begin to work in your behalf. I get sick and tired of fighting the same old devil. Three of us do anyway. I mean, you almost get to the place where, man, you say, I've got this. I've got a hold of this. God's given me victory over this. Somebody the other night was praying for him about right over here. Said, the Lord, heal me. But I feel a little of that pain. That's just like the devil. I never will forget, you know, the devil attacked my body. And uh, I told my wife one night, I said, I'm going to get a good night's rest tonight. Went to bed at 9 o'clock. 11.15, I woke up. I didn't know where I was. 
side of my tongue was numb. I told my wife, I said, we got to do something. Let's do it fast. We got to go. I don't know where I am, Tammy. Please get a hold of God. Let's go to the hospital. She said, Ronnie, wait a minute. You preach that God's a healer. Let's pray and let's ask God. And after it was all over, I told her. I said, the next time you want prayer, The next time you need to go to the doctor, we're going to take time to pray. See. Oh, it's okay, Ronnie. Everything's going to be all right. You know why? It wasn't her under the gun. Say amen. We were in the mountains last year, Tennessee. Went out to eat, come back, sitting in the room, and I felt my blood pressure going up. We were there for three days. I love going to the mountains. I love it up there, buddy. I don't know if it's just you. You ain't got to go to work. So we're there. Blood pressure starts going up. I I start getting a little worried. She puts a blood pressure machine. I told her today, when you come, bring that blood pressure machine. She said, I'm not. You ain't going to worry me with that blood pressure stuff. I believe my blood's up. Check my blood, check, check my blood pressure. See, We're in the mountains, and I, I was getting scared. She said, oh, it's going to be all right. We've got three days here. I said, no, we don't. I'm going home tomorrow. I'm not going to die up here in the mountains. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die at home. The miracle working power of God goes beyond that, that we could even think with our natural minds. I was thinking today, how many times have we seen God answer prayer? That's a miracle. That should enrich our faith. That should cause us to stand a little taller, be a little stronger, put some, some vitality in your walk with God. Say amen. Listen, a lot of times people put their hope and their confidence amen, in the troubling of the water. They looked at that season. Did you know what our season is? It's every day. Say amen. If you feel bad, I know you go through those times. I do. But that doesn't change the fact that God's not a miracle worker. I believe tonight right here in this church is the only thing that keeps a lot of us going because we know I mean, I've taught my children at early ages. If you've got a need in your life, God will meet that need. I found out that this body is so uniquely designed. My son, two years old, swallowed a bobby pin. It scared me to death. One of those long, big 
that plastic thing tore off the end bobby pin. Say amen. My little girl, or my oldest daughter now, then, they were both small kids. And she come running in. She said, Daddy, get up. What's wrong? Said, Josh, swallow the bobby pin. He's going to die. Get up. I was trying to stay calm. Have you ever tried to stay calm and couldn't? I scooped him up. Down to Wayne General Hospital we go. Laid him on the table. He hadn't cried, hadn't whimpered at all. And they took an x-ray of him and said, oh, everything's okay. Looks like it's moving. But bring him back. Tomorrow we'll see how much it's moved. For three days, we had to go back. But I didn't know. Every time I went back, it was $165. Just to hear them say, it's moving. Come back tomorrow. I said, not so. He's going to pass it or it's going to hang up. That doctor told me, he said, come here, I want to show you something. He said, when a sharp object gets inside your body that ought not be there. He said, it's like a mucus glob that goes over the sharp points. And it causes you to pass it. Look, I didn't know what I was looking at then. Didn't know what I was looking at tonight if I saw it. All I do know, there was a bobby pin in that baby's stomach. And he said, it's moving. Come on back tomorrow night. No, I won't be back. This is the end of it. I told God, I said, God, either this bobby pin is going to kill him or you're going to heal him. And you know what? He lived eight years beyond that. Did you know tonight that he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities? You may have walked in down. You may have came in discouraged. Square your shoulders. The God that we serve will answer your prayer tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, I got to hurry. Listen. We find that Jesus came to this man with a question. He asked him, it's the whole key to the miracle. Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? I want to ask you tonight, do you want your miracle that you're asking God for? He starts telling him, I've got no one to put me in the water, blah, blah. And Jesus said, arise. Take up your bed and walk. If you are sick, don't tell the devil. If you are so broke that you can't rub two nickels together, don't tell the devil. You let the devil think, boy, I just can't touch them. You know, and I believe when you make up your mind to say, God, this is the way it's going to be. You've waited on God. You've asked God to help you. Now, all we've got to do is surrender to the will of God. Turn our will over to God's will. But look at this man. 
He begins to make excuses why he had not received his healing. And really tonight, it's no excuse. He said healing is a children's word. We can have what we need tonight. The church looks to everything but the living water, which is Christ. We've got to allow that water to flow through us. We've got to allow it. Now, we've, I'll be honest, I've got, I've got things that hinders me. There's things that really get next to me sometimes. But when I need God to move, listen, John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, we talked about that living water, it's alive. The living water from a person who is greater than all. That living water is the only water that will quench your thirst. When we look at the story, we see the word that Jesus said. He must needs go through Samaria. I believe tonight he's come by Angel Assembly of God tonight to meet somebody's need in this house. You prayed, you've sought God. You don't know which way to turn. Give it all to God and watch God begin to do his work. Say amen. Listen, Ezekiel 47, verses 3 through 5. Jerusalem is a great city of that ancient world that was not located on water as in the east that depended upon a water supply that was essential for life and defense. During the kingdom age, we find that Jerusalem shall have a river such as no other nation has ever had. But a literal river my, as a symbol of life-giving power is going to flow through Jerusalem. Come on here. It's going to flow through Jerusalem. What are you saying, Brother Jarman? Perhaps tonight it's both. In Joel chapter 3 and verse 18, Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 1, it speaks of that river, a literal entity, so that the river illustrates and accomplishes the life-giving work of God. And Jesus saw this river as more than just a symbol. He said, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. You know, I talked to Dayton Holland a few days ago. Brother Langford, I couldn't understand what he was saying. It was lower than a whisper. But when the faith of a young girl coupled by the power of a holy God laid her hands on chopped up vocal cords and said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, heal Brother Dale. You see, all we've got to do is have faith tonight. How does faith come? 
by hearing the word of God. Oh, I believe that's the reason miracles seem to disappear. Did you know there's a lot of churches, they have church and never one time open the word of God. We've got to have the word of God. It is essential tonight for the word of God to be popped into us. I've talked to some of y'all's folks and they wake up early. They read the word of God. That may be the reason that God moves like he does in this house. Well, let me tell you, I believe that's why he does. Say amen to me. You've had many camp meetings. Much great preaching, singing, moving of the Holy Ghost. Well, let me tell you tonight, please, don't let this service go by. And you've just been in the vicinity of a miracle. Tonight you get what you need. I said you get what you need tonight. If it hair lifts the devil, you tell him tonight I'm going to get what I need and God's going to answer my prayer. I want to ask, is there anybody here who needs a miracle tonight? Eighteen of us tonight need a miracle. I believe there's enough faith in this house that all 18 can leave here tonight with a miracle. You believe that? Do we really believe it? We're not looking at the angel that troubles the water. But tonight, let's get our eyes on the miracle worker tonight.